Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 101, Monday, July 25th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. everybody welcome back into the uh, second century of the podcast and if this is your first time listening welcome and uh, appreciate that you've given me a download and given me a try my goal is to try to help mo- motivate beginning triathletes and uh, I know there's a few seasoned triathletes out there who listen as well always good to hear from you and get some uh, your advice and sharing to help each other get out there and have a good time with triathlon Well, I'm going to give you a bit of a training update. I'm going to talk about my upcoming race and a little bit of my uh, current injury status. Uh, Yes, I said injury. It's kind of pathetic, but if you've been following me, you'll know. Uh, And then I've got some information to share about the difference between a brick run and a transition run. I've been using the term brick a lot lately, um, and... I've just sort of just got some new information that I thought I'd share with you that might help. So, uh, first of all, it's been, you know, I want to kind of go back and talk a little bit about my training since my race. And uh, my race, last my last half Ironman was on June 6th, I think it was, or June 5th, that weekend anyways. And I took a week off after that, just of doing nothing, just because I was really sore. And just, you know, I really need that recovery time. Well, it turns out that in June, it is so busy for me with school that I really don't have any time to get out there. I'd like to go and do a few bikes, but I just don't have the time in June. Just be, And the weather was really awful, and so it wasn't happening. So I didn't get on my bike at all. And so really my goal was just to try and get as many runs as I could, can. And I found that the first couple of runs back, I was pretty sore and pretty tight, and it was really uh, hard to get running again. So I did some short runs in June. I'm just scrolling back here through my daily mile workouts. And no, I'm not going to go through them all. But uh, I ended up doing some walk walk runs. I did a couple of easy rides <coughs> in June, but that was it. Uh, I also tried to focus on doing some core a little bit more regularly starting in June. It wasn't a lot. I did it like maybe once a week. And uh, by the second week after my race, like mid-June, I was able to do sort of some easy f- 5K runs. Then I did a 9K run, and it, I was finding they were just um, kind of painful, and I was just real tired. And so I, I would do walk runs, and that was okay. By the end of June... I felt like I was ready to get back on it and started feeling better. June 26th, I did a 13K run and it felt good. Uh, And so I was about to start my marathon training plan. Well, I still haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to Gordon and Megan who were going to give me some advice on a marathon training plan. But in the meantime, I had gone to Runner's World. I'm grabbing my paper. And I had plugged in my data and asked for a on Smart Coach and got a rough plan that I kind of used as I thought I'd use as a basis. <clears throat> what I liked about it is that it had me running three times a week with rest days or cross training in between, and that worked out really well. And it had me doing my very first run was going to be on July thirteenth, and it was thirteen k. And so basically, I was going to run just sort of the way I have been running. 
Tuesday was always an easy run of anywhere from 3 to 8K. Thursday is either tempo run or speed work. Looks like it goes tempo, speed work, tempo, easy, tempo, speed work, tempo, easy. And it has every third week as a cutback week for the long run. I was totally convinced I was going to do the long runs the way they had them out. They had for 13, 14, 16, uh, easy, an easy 8K, and then a 19. And the 19 was on my half marathon weekend, which is just coming up Sunday. And I knew I needed to do 21. So I decided because I'd already done a 13K, I was going to bump those up just a little bit. Do something like 13, 15, uh, 17, and then a cutback the week before my half marathon. That was sort of my plan. And I know I've, I can do those distances, and I was feeling pretty good. So I had all of June, basically, what I'd been doing is I'd run twice a week, and that was it. And just partly because I was really busy and partly because I just seemed to be kind of sore and really taking a long time to recover from the half, half Ironman. So that first week of July, or the last week of June, I started this training plan. And so I did, I went for a nice easy run on Tuesday, 5K, felt good. And then Thursday, I did a tempo run, which was an 8K run, 2K warm-up, and 5K at a little bit faster pace, but not really fast for me. Just a bit faster than I would run normally. And then a 1K cool down, and that felt great. And then the Sunday I did a 13K run. The week before I'd done 13K as well, but I'd done uh, a 9 and 1 with walk breaks. So this time I did the 13K straight through and I felt great. So that week I'd done, let's see, that's 21, about 26K. And I, that bumped up from just two two runs a week to three. The following week I had, again, Tuesday and easy this is the first week of July now, an easy run on Tuesday, and then Thursday, my first speed work. <sighs> now, as you know, I've always avoided doing speed work because that seems to be how and when I always get injured. But, you know, I was feeling really good, and I thought, well, let's give it a little try. You know, we'll just try a little bit. So here was the plan. You do 7K all together, and uh, I had a good warm-up, I think a two-kilometer warm-up, and then two times 1,600 meters at a 9.21 pace. And a 9.21 is a 5.45-minute kilometer. That's faster than I've been running lately, but not super fast. It's not my 5K time or anything like that. And then had an 800-meter jog in between. I thought, well, let's see how it goes. It's only two 1600s. If uh, after the first one I don't feel too great, then I won't do the second. But I went running along, felt really good. Nothing was hurting, felt super after the run, I felt good. I did some icing. I stuck my feet in ice water from the knees down like I often do. And everything felt great. Friday, or later on that night, Thursday night and then Friday morning, I found my right foot hurt. And it was under the basically the joint where the, the three smallest toes meet the ball of your foot. And it was some pain in there. And I've had that before. Usually uh just take a couple of days off and a couple of times my uh, chiropractor's sort of been able to crack them back. She says, oh, your toe was kind of dropped or something. I don't know what it was. Anyway, she's fixed it before for me. And I, it just happens periodically. So I wasn't too worried about it. And <clears throat> that was all day Friday. It was quite sore actually. And not terribly sore, but just the typical kind of soreness. So 
I was supposed to have two days rest work, rest after that speed work day, but I was going to be going to Vancouver and I was going to be leaving Saturday and I wouldn't be able to do the run on Sunday. And if I pushed it till Monday, that would mess up my Tuesday run and throw my whole schedule off. So I decided to move my long run, which was going to be 15K, to Saturday. And that means I'd only have one rest day after the speed work. And I'd do my long run Saturday instead of Sunday. So, And then I'd have two days of rest after before my next run. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Saturday morning, I get up early, early, early because I've got to... Uh, take off for Vancouver later that morning and I went out and my foot is still sore well I'll just kind of you know just run and see how I feel so I started running and after two or three k my foot didn't hurt anymore so I ran and I wasn't going fast nice steady pace uh, felt good for about an hour and I didn't take any fuel with me and I hadn't had much breakfast so I started feeling after an hour it was going to take me an hour and 45 minutes to do this run uh, I started feeling pretty tired and wished I'd brought some fuel. I really needed a gel, but I didn't have any, so it wasn't going to be the end of the world, but I had my water bottle. Running, 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 and then the last 30 minutes of the run, I was really tired, but my foot really started hurting again, quite a bit. And I'm 5k from my car and really have no choice. Walking hurt as much as running, so, and we're not talking a bad, bad, sharp, terrible pain, just an ache, ache, ache every step, right? So I continued on. What else are you going to do? Get home. Uh, Iced my foot. uh, Jumped in the car. Went to Vancouver. And uh, did my thing. My daughter just moved to Vancouver. So we were moving her. And was busy all weekend. Hauling furniture and opening boxes and all that stuff. And on my feet quite a bit. The whole time my foot is hurting. It's quite sore. Uh, But I can't really do anything. Because it's a weekend. And I'm thinking, gee, if I could just get in to see my chiropractor on Monday it'd be great but I can't even call her to get an appointment and she's pretty busy I don't I can never get same day appointments so I thought well I'll call Monday but I'm gonna be out of town almost all week I'll be home Sunday night I'm home Monday and then I'm leaving again Tuesday and I'm gone the rest of the week so there's no way I can get in to see my chiropractor so I didn't uh I just kept hoping that was gonna feel better soon so Tuesday I skipped my easy run because it was still sore Wednesday came and went still sore Thursday okay now it's been a week since my speed work and it's uh, four days since my run still still hurting and I thought no I can't I don't better not do my run plus I was out of town and it wasn't really convenient to go taken off to go running anyways so that was okay Uh, I got back into town on Friday or late late Thursday night and I had Friday yeah, something like that. I don't know. Anyways, Friday, I guess I got back into town and I called Melanie to see if I could get in and I got managed to get an appointment for Tuesday morning. And yeah, that's how it worked. So it was still sore and I still wasn't able to run. So now I've been a full week. I ended up missing my long run again. So I missed an entire week of running. I did go to the gym and I worked on some core. I did an open water swim. Um, I went on the treadmill and walked um, and did the elliptical. Uh, and I finished up a little bit of walking, but not much, just because it was there. And what else did I do? Swimming, walking core. I did something else. Oh, I know. I went to the gym and did some uh, rowing. 
So tried to keep some fitness going. And the weather was pretty crappy, so I wasn't really able to do a whole lot that week just because I was out of town and the weather was crummy, so I couldn't really do anything. So finally got in to see Melanie, and she said, stay off your foot, even though it's been like 12 days by this point. She did a bunch of work on it. She said, what's happened is the top, something's been irritated in in the metatarsal, the fourth, fifth, fourth metatarsal. I think that's the number because the big toe is number one, right? So this, so like I call it my ring toe because you know ring finger. Okay. Anyways, that metatarsal, um, the tendon is tight on the top and it's pulling it up, and what's happened is that the joint of it has dropped, and I can feel almost like I'm stepping on a little cotton ball when I'm walking, is like something was underneath it, and it's quite painful to walk and step off it. If you push on it, it doesn't really hurt, but I couldn't bear my weight on it. Uh, even for walking. So we pondered all the different possible reasons why is this happening to me. I mean, the main reason what triggered it was the fact that I did speed work, one rest day, and a long run on a sore foot. And that's clearly what triggered it. Plus, you know, because I'd done all of this and I'd bumped up my mileage and thrown in speed work at the same time. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I know that I shouldn't be doing it. But as I'm going, I'm just, hey, I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so good. Sure, I can do this. Yeah, it's going to work out fine. And I'm, ah, you know, why do we do that? We're just so dumb. Just because you're feeling good at the moment doesn't mean you can just do extra stuff. So that's sort of what triggered it. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons, possible reasons why it it has happened and it has recurred a few times um now okay it could be from wearing newtons or not (laughs) my newtons the lugs are worn down um so maybe it's because my newtons are getting older but um, it could be you know that i've been wearing sandals and flip-flops a lot so just the walking around and stuff could be that i've been wearing my older newtons uh as everyday walking shoes it could be that uh, I'm just not, my gait isn't just quite perfect. I still don't have quite f- the good form and I'm just landing just a little bit, too much push off, too much toe off. I don't know. I mean, it could be a multitude of things. I might need to wear, try different shoes. Like let's try shoes number f- 15 or whatever, you know. Uh, or it could be none of those and I just need to strengthen my core. I need to strengthen my glutes. Um, you know, it's the same old, same old. So there's many, many reasons, um, and my chiropractor is actually a Newton's fan. She wears Newton's herself, but, uh, you know, she doesn't, she's not positive that's the cause or not. We don't really know. And, you know, you can't sit there and play around with all these things. As soon as you change one thing, you don't know if what's fixed it, you know. So, uh, I don't know. Anyways, at this point, I don't really know. I'm optimistic that uh, I'm going to be able to do the San Francisco Half Marathon on July 31st, which is a less than a week away, even though I haven't done a long run since, I don't know, July 9th. It's going to be pretty pathetic. I'll have run maybe twice. So anyway, she fixed up my foot for a little while. Uh, that was on whenever I went to see her. I can't remember now. Tuesday. And then I saw her again Thursday. And uh, it was a lot, lot better, like way, way better. Um, she did a lot of work on it. It wasn't really hurting very much anymore. And the work that she did, on, she's doing ART and Graston on it. And the, the ART that she did wasn't hurting anywhere near as much as it did the first time. So I really felt it was better. She also found a way to tape it with kinesio tape or KT tape uh, that uh, kind of holds my, pulls my toe up a little bit. 
or well actually pulls my toe down which causes the joint to move up a bit and kind of holds it tight so that the tendons can remember where they're supposed to be so we're just kind of being optimistic so thursday friday saturday i went uh, for a uh, a very short three and a half kilometer easy run just to see how things are feeling and it was feeling okay but uh, my legs man they forget the whole running feeling so quickly you know I was pretty tired after 3k and I'm thinking oh my god I gotta run 21k in a week I don't know how I'm gonna do this it's gonna be a walk run for sure but I am totally gonna do it no matter what happens this is San Francisco man this is like my big exciting fun 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 half marathon race that Eric and I are doing together uh, anyways, by the end of that 3k 25 minute run, my foot was starting to get a little bit sore. So I stopped right away and I just walked home the last bit. I ran 3k and walked half a K. Uh, meanwhile, I've been doing some biking. Uh, I biked 40k down in Asoyas when I was there. And then I biked 70 yesterday, a good 73 hour, a three hour, 70 kilometer ride. Felt good. Did some climbing and stuff. And I've been doing the core, glutes, legs, stretch, yoga thing, full hour of it uh, every four or five days. So I'm trying to keep that going. I'm going to tomorrow, it's Tuesday tomorrow, so I'm going to do an easy run again in the morning, I think. And then I'm going to go see uh, Melanie, my chiropractor, in the afternoon. And uh, hopefully everything's going to be okay. And then I'll just stay off my foot other than bajillion kilometers of wa- of walking when I'm down in San Francisco. I'm sure that'll happen. So that's it. Um, so this is totally, totally messed up. Not only my ha- my marathon training plan, but also uh, my, ri- my plan for my sprint triathlon in August, which is coming up in faster than you can even blink an eye. I think it's on the 20th of August or something. I haven't even registered yet. And I'm going to do the apple sprint, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I can do the race. I, for sure I can do the race. It's only a 5K run, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna be fit enough for it to do well. So I'm just going to go and have fun and just enjoy it. I was almost thinking, geez, do I even want to do it? But yep, I do. And uh, Chad from the Can Do Try podcast is going to be down that weekend. He's coming to Kelowna to do the Olympic distance and super excited for him. And I get to meet up with him and we're going to go. I'm going to go down to uh, the expo with him and go for a swim for the practice swim on Saturday and probably uh, see him Friday night. And we'll see. It'll all work out. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's just going to have to be for me. It's just going to have to be a fun race because I just don't have the fitness for anything. Our summer has been so sucky. We've had, oh, maybe one or two days of sunshine and then we'll get three or four days of cloud and showers and cool weather. Totally unlike any Kelowna weather I've ever seen in any summer. I've never seen a July that's so dismal. Uh, once the clouds go away and the sun comes out, it bangs up to 85, 90 degrees right away. But we haven't had any super hot days. Like we haven't even come close to 100 yet. And uh, we, I don't think we've had four sunny days in a row. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. On the other hand, if it hits the high 20s, which is, uh, you know, around 80, 85, pretty nice for biking. That's for sure. And I couldn't figure out why am I just not, you know, I just sort of don't seem to have my my biking mojo right now. And I realized it's because it's been such crappy weather. The very first day it was sunny. Um, well, it was on July 22nd. It was sunny that morning. I got up, saw the blue sky, and suddenly, gee, I feel like going for a ride. 
And same thing with yesterday. Got up in the morning, it was beautiful blue sunny sky, and I, I just had the strong urge to go jump on my bike and go for a ride. So I was really happy to think, okay, that's all it is. Anyways, that's my uh, training, or lack thereof, in a nutshell. Haven't been in the water much, but, uh, oh well, whatever. I'm not too worried about it. And the rest of my plans just seem to be kind of messed up right now because of this. So I'm going to reassess once... I have a feeling that I'll I'll get through this half marathon in San Francisco and I have a feeling I'll end up having a little recovery time after that again just because one I haven't run I've hardly run at all in the last 3 weeks coming up to the race. The longest run I've done is 15k and that was 3 weeks before the race so um you know it's this race is going to hurt and I had no plans of trying to do any kind of time I was happy to do like two and a half hours or something but if we end up having to do some walking it'll be even slower than that we have to be under three hours though because San Francisco has a cutoff so we'll see but anyways nevertheless I'm I probably I'm going to end up being sore and hurting and who knows maybe even re-injured after that so I'm going to have to just get some really really focused repair work done right after that race but you know what I'm not missing San Francisco I'm not going to go down there and not race it's just it's too big a deal to me to to miss it out so on the bright side I am super excited about going down to San Francisco we're leaving on Monday on Wednesday which is like day after tomorrow uh, we're flying in, get there around noon on Wednesday, renting a car. We're driving down to Santa Cruz because we wanted to kind of see the coast there. Um, you know, drive down to Monterey and see, you know, drive along the coast, see that see what there is to see along the ocean. Uh, two nights in Santa Cruz area. And it turns out that Christine Solo Runner and Chris Franz, actually Chris Franz lives there in Santa Cruz, very close to where we're staying. And so we're going to be meeting up with them and on Thursday night. And having a, a big potluck dinner and go down to the beach and make a bonfire. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to meeting Sheila, who is, she bikes, runs, swims, or she swims, runs, bikes. And John, John Hegstrom, and uh, Linda V, and Shelly, who's Smelly Sense. Oh, I'm trying to think else. who else is going to be there. Those are the people I think we're going to see on the... Yeah, on the uh, Thursday night in Santa Cruz. Um, oh, I know. Glenn? Yeah, Glenn, I think, is another one. I've got to look at my list now. Such a big list, I can't wait. And all these people I've been chatting with on Twitter for ages, some of them are podcast listeners. I don't know who listens. I, actually, I'm looking down the list. I don't know if any of them do. Oh, yeah, I think John does, or has in the past, anyways. Uh, so, shout-outs to all of them. Really looking forward to seeing them. But I was telling them, like, on Facebook today. I thought, you know, when I it's every time I have I meet up with friends I, on online friends for the first time, I am so nervous. It makes me so nervous. Um, you know, people get this expectation of who you are, and and I think you come across differently when you're online than when you're in real life. And I'm actually, you know, you may be surprised to know I'm actually quite shy. Uh, one on one, I'm really comfortable and can sit and chat your ear off, as you can see, but. But in large groups, I am, I'm pretty bad. I just sort of sit there and I hardly talk. So uh, I hope I can be relaxed and enjoy myself and not um, be too big a disappointment to all of these people who are happy and looking forward to meeting Eric and I. 
We all are bringing our kids too, so it's going to be great. And then Friday, we head back to San Francisco and we're going to do San Francisco. Friday night, Saturday morning, we're going to do Alcatraz. Saturday afternoon, we're going to go to the Race Expo and tour around town a little bit, see Chinatown and Fisherman's Wharf and all the tourist trappings. And then Sunday morning, we do the race. After the race, probably uh, right after noon, we're going to meet with Gordon from uh, This Running Life and Megan and Eric, vegan running mom and dad. And uh, who else? Who else? Somebody else. Oh, Chris Duffy, I'm hoping. And I think that's when we're going to meet Linda. And we're going to go out and have pizza. So I'm looking forward to meeting all of them and their little kittles. And I have my son with me too, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it's like, I'm so super excited about meeting all these people. And, uh, yeah, so anyways, that's, uh, that's the plan. And then, I don't know, we'll see what we can see Sunday afternoon, the rest of the evening, and that's it. We got to head home on Monday. So that's just a short, short trip, unfortunately, but, uh, that's what we had to do. Um, and just this time around, it'll just have to be a short one. Uh, so, what do I want to talk about that's actually of interest to you? Well, I'm just looking on my Facebook page, because if you belong to the KG Tries Listeners Group, KG Tries Podcast Listeners Group, here we go. I have a document in there that I put in there. It's called Bricks Transition Runs. And I'm going to give a big shout out to my local friend James, who's definitely not a podcast listener, but James is a local triathlete and he's being coached by one of the great coaches that we have in town here. Uh, and, uh, he just has, eh, no, he's just a really, really, really good experienced athlete, uh, who's just seems to be really knowledgeable. And he's been, every time he sees me post on Facebook or if I see him at races and stuff and we talk, start talking injuries, He's suffered from a lot of injuries, and since he got this new coach, she's really helped him uh, work through some injury problems. So, he gave me, uh, he emailed me this whole set of information, which I posted just to share with other people. I want to talk about the difference between brick runs and transition runs as a as sort of a starting point. Now, one of the things I talked about was when I when I was following the Your Best Triathlon training plan that in Joe Friel's new book. One of the things I was kind of worried about at first is that all of his long run, um, no, all of his, how do I wear this? The only bricks that he really had me doing throughout my training was once a week, a 15 minute run that followed my long bike ride every week. And it was only 15 minutes. And I mean, I thought, well, that's fine if I'm doing a sprint, but gee, that seems awful short if I'm training for a half Ironman. And I was always kind of worried about it, but you know. Uh, I decided to go with it, follow the plan. And then three weeks before the race, there were four concentrated, he calls them combination workouts or combined workouts, which were bike and then run bricks. And I call them bricks. Anytime you do the two sports one after another, I've always referred to them as a brick and that's sort of pretty common knowledge for most people. Uh, there were two bike focused ones and two run focused ones and the runs were not really long but you know they were maybe I think the longest was an hour but there were only four of them and that was it and then followed by a week of taper and then had a bunch of short 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 little mini bricks uh so I thought well that's really interesting and 
then after that, I was talking to my friend, James, and he had commented that when I said I did a brick today, he commented, commented, did you do a brick or did you do a transition run? I thought, oh, well, I don't know. What's the difference? And he gave me this information, which I'm going to read to you right now. He said, I thought I'd add some info on brick runs. I've been doing a fair amount of research on them recently in line with a rising number of injuries from those who do them and also a rising number of professionals who shudder at what people are doing. Somewhere down the line, the interpretation of what a brick run is has been lost and there are now a number of different ideas. Initially, a brick run was a full-length run after the bike. 10-kilometer run for an Ole, uh, 21.1 for a half Ironman, etc., etc. Now, I, I should just interspace first here just to mention that James is tra- training for a full Ironman, Ironman Canada, and he's done a few half Ironmans in between. But um, a lot of his conversation is referring to Ironman training, so you have to kind of step things back a bit when you see the number of the length of the runs he does. But anyways, uh, back to what he said. A transition run is just a run that's just long enough for your legs to get used to the transition from the bike. So anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Now, a brick run, he says, has now morphed into a long run after the bike. It's a bit ambiguous, but generally longer than a transition run. I don't know anyone that does full-length bricks anymore, though. A brick run has a number of intents. Once, one, get used to the feeling of concrete legs. Two, get the muscles physically used to changing from one event to another. Three, mentally prepare yourself for the difficulty of transitioning, so the mental training as well. Four, working out your bike pace so that your run doesn't suffer. In other words, how hard should you go on the run? And you keep practicing that until you figure out, on on the bike I mean, you practice until you figure out, you know, how is what's just the right pace that your legs can go hard but not feel too painful. And then fifth is run training, just basically run training. Well, it's fairly commonly accepted that number five, run training, is a poor reason to do a brick. If you want to run train, then just run. Run by itself. Run training after a long bike is playing Russian roulette with your run form and your weakened stabilizing muscles. Most contemporary coaches and sports medicine, like physio, massage, sports MDs, no longer ask you to do a full-length brick run. The risk of injury is very high. Most of them recommend regular transition runs of 15 to 30 minutes, with anything longer being done during races or in the final section of training leading up to a race. Now that fits in really closely with um, the training plan that I was using from Friel's book. So I'm just throwing that out there. And so that was what kind of interested me about this article and this information he was giving me because um, it really helped me to understand what it was that uh, Friel was asking. It kind of confirmed the information that I'd got. Uh, he said, this is, his coach um, had him doing five long bricks, and in his bricks that he was doing, uh, two of them were actual half mar- half Ironman races that he did in preparation for his Ironman, and they considered that a brick. Okay, you're going to have a brick that day, so you're going because you're going to be doing a race. They didn't. He didn't have any other bricks in between, other than just transition runs. And then during his Ironman training, he'll have two, um, looks like three other planned bricks, long bricks, and they're not even that bad. Um, he's got like the longest run. I think is he's got a twenty k 
run after a 100k bike and that's because he's training for Ironman um so anyways he said that uh he quoted uh Greg Redman who's a Olympic athlete and a physiotherapist from the physio physio place that I go to said with respect to brick workouts most people have lost the purpose of the brick and that is to teach your your muscles and more importantly your neuromuscular system to adapt to the change in sports from swimming to riding and from riding to running the biggest change being from riding to running due to the time spent on the bike when your hip flexors gastrex I'm not sure what that is tibialis posterior and flexor hallucis longus I'm sorry I don't know all these words uh, are being in the shortened position while you're biking and then moving into the run where they have to adapt to a lengthen under a load so in other words your muscles are in a certain position for a long time on the bike and then you have to transition into a run where all of a sudden now the muscles are lengthened and you're working hard if you do full workouts back to back and call them bricks for example doing a 160k bike ride and a 25k run back to back it puts the athlete at high risk for injury as the change is extremely stressful on the muscles, and in this instance, there is increased stress of volume. One might argue that the muscles need to adapt to the stress as one needs to do this in the race. However, the risk of injury is much higher when trying to adapt at this volume. So I guess his point is that it's just not worth the risk of doing these long, long bricks. Now, if you're just a beginning triathlete, this is not really going to matter too much. But if you are kind of switching over into maybe doing Olympic length or uh, half, especially if you're thinking about doing a half Ironman, you might want to think a little bit about just, you know, a 15 minute run is a, is plenty. It's plenty to get your legs used to that switch over. So his point um, now, I'm just looking to see what else. If there, I don't want to read this whole thing. But anyways, you can read the rest of it on there. Uh, on the KG Tries podcast listeners group and see what he says. But uh, I really think that this is good information and I think that uh, from now on I'm going to call it a transition run when I'm doing just like the 15-20 minute run after my rides. And I'm going to try to do those once a week. And also I'm going to do the bricks only near the very end of my training when I'm in that build and peak that last build block or that peak block of training. And actually on Joe Friel's, he's got two weeks of peak and then one block of taper. And it's the peak, two peak blocks where he has me doing four bricks with two days of rest in between each one. Um, so really focused and really specific. So I thought I'd just share that information. It seemed like uh, good stuff. James has been really good in helping me out with uh, some other issues. He kind of talked me through a whole bunch of stuff with my sore foot asked me a lot of questions and gave me some advice and you know his main advice and I loved what he said in here I'm just going to go and find it scroll back when I was telling him I really have uh, a weak glute glute medius or medial glute Um, and I'm you know I need to keep doing the um, strengthening exercises, but I admitted to him that I'm really just not consistent. I, I'll do it for a few weeks and then I kind of 
slough off and I don't do it for two or three weeks and then oh I got to do that again and I'll I just don't do it on a regular enough basis for some reason even though I write it right into my program and he said saying that you have a weak glute med is a bit like saying that you keep crashing your car and oh by the way it's only got three wheels duh (laughs) all assumptions I know but I've never all they're all assumptions I know but I've never met anyone that conscientiously focused on their glute core and leg strength both frequency and correctness of movement during exercise and did not reduce all of their symptoms he said i do four or five physio glute and hip exercises three times each every other day even when nothing is wrong we push our bodies too much near the limit not to anyways he goes on about talking about he's not a pro and he doesn't have uh you know he's not not a doctor or physio and it's only just a non-educated point of view but I think he's got some really good points and you know is this maybe takes me a little too long to click in but I've heard this from so many different points about how important it is and we know it's super important to do core and it's super important to strengthen those weak muscles that stabilize my hips and especially since I've got this hip problem that's sort of unrelated to all of this actually um, but stabilizing my hip is going to maybe make me able to get through this labral tear business without having to have surgery, which is what I would really like. So, anyways, I thought I'd share that with you. I thought it was really interesting and helpful to me, and maybe it could be helpful to you. Now, let me just quickly scroll down the Kelowna Girl Tries uh, emails. I, I've chatted with... Uh, um, oh... Carlos a few times, Carlos Castillo, and he said, Barb, I wish I wasn't such a hyperactive hermit. He said, I'd love to go run the Crawford Trails with you and Eric. My total orb of existence, orbit of existence is about 30K from my front door. As for Kelowna and the mainland, that bubble is way bigger than I can handle at the moment. Next year I'll be retired and I'll be expanding the bubble. My lifelong commitment to 10 hours of aerobic activity, comma, or break, um, quotation marks sweating per week kind of keeps me close to home and the fabulous trails within yodeling distance of my home i'm still hopeful that my heel pain will go away soon if i concentrate hard enough i don't want to stop running i just have to stop i've just stopped racing for now um but i'll sure i'll have way more time to visit soon and uh, he says i was surprised how much i enjoyed listening to the mini podcast at our mini pod note in your last podcast and that would have been uh, doug um, Sweet Daddy D's uh, little podcast that I played at the end he said it was a really nice idea kind of like a, what I'm listening to section of your of your good podcast keep it up I love it hang loose and he sent me an unbelievably cool picture of uh, the sun through a wave the curl of a wave it's just amazing he said he didn't take it but uh, it's uh, just a gorgeous gorgeous picture so I actually stole it and put it on my backdrop Anyways, uh, you know, we hope you, we wish you well, Carlos the Jackal, and hope that you're able to get back into racing at some point. But uh, I'm glad that you're still doing the the uh, 10 hours of, of aerobic activity every week. Good for you. And we got Sarah's race report. So she said, uh, hi, Barb, hope you're feeling healing well and Mel is able to get you in and make you feel better. Last week I journeyed, she's got an amazing, I'm just going to interrupt myself and say she's got an amazing race report here. It's just unbelievable so um i really enjoyed reading listening to it so i'm looking forward to reading it to you from cabacona tri girl she said last week i journeyed to the chicagoland area for the trek women's triathlon in pleasant prairie wisconsin 
It was a six and a half hour drive for me that I normally would not make, but I won free entry on Facebook, so I couldn't resist. I headed out around six uh, Saturday morning because they had an expo on Saturday that closed by three and I had to get there by my race. I had to be there to get my race number. I got there shortly after 1230 and I missed the course talk, or at least I thought I did. Found out later they'd direct me to the right place. If they directed me to the right place, I could have heard some of it. I did the expo thing and they did the body marking there, which I thought was strange. Also, they used plastic bands to hold the timing chip instead of neoprene things, so it was not comfortable. I could have purchased a neoprene band for five or ten bucks, but I didn't realize that it would be uncomfortable never having used a plastic band. So anyways, I did the whole expo thing and then racked my bike. Since it had been in the car, my husband found a problem with the rear cassette. I had the mechanics look over it for shifting. Last year, I borrowed race wheels from my local bike shop, and they forgot to put the spacer back in when they put the cassette back on my bike. I stood in line for ages and finally realized I could see bike mechanics inside transition, so got that all handled. Hubby did a great job on the bike, and they confirmed it was perfect. Racked the bike, went to my cousin's house for the night. I borrowed one of their bikes for a nice ride around the neighborhood after supper, and then just relaxed. Transition, by the way, was jam-packed, but I was next to a bike that had really wide handlebars, so I had plenty of space. The next morning, however, that bike was gone, and three or four bikes replaced it. I'll get to that in a second. Sunday morning, I got up around 4 a.m. I tried. I got ready to go, tried to eat, but only managed one and a half bites of oatmeal and a banana. I drove 40 minutes to a mall and then parked there so a bus could take us to race site. Well, like I said, the bike with the big handlebars was gone and a bunch more bikes were jammed in its place. I've never been on a transition rack that was so crowded. I put my shoes on my pedals, got it all situated, walked half a mile down to the swim start. They had a start across the lake and just do a straight swim to T1. That was awesome. No boys to go around, but we were swimming directly into the sun. Sighting was a little difficult, but all in all, it was a good swim. I decided to swim... Sorry, I decided to sign up for the Athena class and check that out rather than my age group, and I'm glad I did. Much higher result that way. The swim was half and half a mile, and I was fourteen twenty-six, fourth in my category, and one hundred and thirty-third overall. There were a thousand ninety-one finishers, if I remember correctly. T one ran to my bike, got my stuff ready. I went without a wetsuit, so there was nothing to strip off. However, remember all those bikes in transition? Well, my bike got jostled and my pedals got on the wrong side. I tried to fix it because I need the left pedal down to get on and go quickly, and it was up. At the bike mountain line, I was trying to fix fix it. The right shoe is jamming into the ground, so I picked up the rear of the bike. No big deal, right? Pedal and whoosh, the bike tips over. And my water bottle falls off. And the chain falls off. Sigh. I calmly go over, I pick up the water bottle, the bike, fix the chain, fix the pedals, hop on and go. I have no idea how much time I lost there, but the bike speed wasn't great. Actually, it was kind of (laughs) slow. I thought that was funny. It was terrible, but it's funny. And amazingly enough, T1 was 210, first in her category, but... Maybe that that's because all that stuff was all that bike problems was actually part of her bike time. The bike was fourteen point four miles, I think, and I was fifty two forty nine for a whopping fifteen point nine mil uh, miles per hour. Ugh, yuck, she says. I'm not sure how fast that is, but I guess it's not fast enough in kilometers for her. 
I was 362 overall for the bike and eighth in my category. T2 was 214, fifth in my category, and no problems. Thank goodness. And now for my Achilles heel, the run. I did great for me. It must be that slow bike ride. It was a 5K run in full sun, zero shade along the road next to the lake, and then back on the lake path to the finish line. 35-34, which is good for me. I did a 5K in May with no swim and bike before it, and I was only 35.07, and my best is only a couple minutes faster, so I'll take it. Surprisingly, 7th in the category. I like this Athena stuff. And all the women tries bring out the beginner, so my re- results look better. So she got 300, she was 310th out of 1,091 overall and 5th in her category, 8 seconds away from being 4th, and 57 seconds away from being 3rd. Makes me wonder how much time I lost messing around with my bike. Now I want to go back next year and do it again. And totally, I'm sure you would have gotten to third place if you hadn't had all that bike trouble at the at the line. Uh, she said it was very hot and humid, and I ended up with a big, big, big headache after it was over. I got three blisters on my foot from sockless running, and a couple of band-aids took care of that. I drove back to my cousin's, still couldn't eat much. Took a nap, then cleaned up and drove home. It wasn't until I stopped at McDonald's and got food that I felt better. All in all, happy with the swim, the run. Thinking maybe the slow bike helped with helped with the run, though. And I loved fifth place. Now I want third next year. Happy face. Had I gone into the 40 to 45 age group, I would have placed 57 out of 151. I was top third overall, and I'm pretty happy with that. My next race is in northern Minnesota, the Northwoods Try in August. It filled up on January 3rd, so likely won't have any beginners in it. We'll see where I end up in this race. I've been riding my bike more again, too, working on that faster bike care time. Take care and heal up. Talk to you later. All right. Congratulations, Sarah. That's a great report. And I just I just totally picturing you trying all that stuff happening at the Mount Line. This is just unbelievable. I can't believe you went through all that. But anyways, pretty funny. And I'm sorry I'm laughing at your expense. Um, but thanks for sending it to us. All right. I guess that's about it for now. Um, I, I guess the next thing you'll hear from me will be after the San Francisco Half Marathon. And uh, I will give you a, a little show after that. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's colonagirl at gmail.com. Uh, K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. And you can find links to everything at colonagirl.com. You can join me on Daily Mile, on Facebook, and the podcast listeners group. Uh, yeah, I'm even on Google Plus now. If you just look for me on uh, Kelowna Girl, I haven't decided. The jury's still out whether I like Google Plus or not, but I'm giving it a shot only if I can dump something else. And of course, don't forget Twitter. Uh, and you know, I just want to throw one more thing out there. I was looking at my stats the other day, and first of all, I want to give a big shout out to all my listeners in Canada because you guys are absolutely you rock. Um, I don't know. I know it. I don't have more listeners in Canada, but I guess per capita I must because I actually got into the top, for at least for one day anyways, this is not much, but one day I actually had the top podcast in the amateur sports and recreation in Canada. I was like super stoked about that. At least it was for a few hours. I took a screenshot. Yes, I did. Uh, And I was also looking at where people come from. And I see that there are... Regular downloads in China and Russia. If you download my show in China, 
or Russia, could you email me and let me know? I am really curious to know who lives in Russia and or China and would actually download my show and listen to me. All right. K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L at gmail.com. Please. Thank you. Have a great, great, great day training, and I will talk to you in another week. Bye-bye. The sun must say.